Welcome to the Addiction Connection. We like to believe the opposite of addiction is actually connection, and we are going to attempt to educate you and possibly even entertain you while we navigate all topics addiction. Hi, I'm Dr. Kirk Devine. And I'm Dr. Heather Bell, and we both provide primary care and addiction services. It's our goal to help you learn more about the disease of addiction and its treatments. All right, we are back. See, look it. We're back. <clears throat> Everybody <clears throat> sit up straight in your Everything's seats. Everything's all serious already. Yeah. Already. Um, <laughs> episode 108. Still... Anti-tangent episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys, I'm sorry. This is going to be so much more... Clinical? And, um, and, le- and learnable? No, it's going to yeah. be like journalable. Yeah. Yeah. Sharpen your pencil. Sharpen <laughs> your number two pencil. Get out your legal pad. Time to jot some notes down from <laughs> Kurt's lesson. <laughs> your college real notebook. Spiral so, bound is easier. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, there you go. So we've done a number of things on alcohol use disorders and some of the medications. We did, we've done on-label. We've done anticonvulsants. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, antipsychotics today. These are all off-label. Off-label. Yeah. Remember that. That has yeah. to be documented and yeah. acknowledged. And, and there's actually a couple of different articles that uh, this information came from. And the biggest one really is an article that was actually published in 2018 in Pharmacology and Therapeutics. Okay. So Medications for Alcohol Use Disorder, an overview. So I went of the low, antipsychotics. So I went kind of low on that. No, that, that was overview. You're still not, what's his name? Barry... <laughs> Barry White, Barry White, right. yeah. or James Earl Jones. Like, hey, baby, no, I don't. Know what you want. Stop talking. <laughs> do Do we have any antipsychotics around here? Because Kurt seems like he needs one right now. <laughs> I know. I think he took like an Adderall before he came in. Okay. Kurt, wrong class. Okay. So probably when Heather was born, uh, quetiapine actually came about 1997. Is oh. when it popped out? No, I I was just. <laughs> it was delivered. <laughs> Wow, and the tape keeps rolling. We've already said like three tangents that I was like, would Again, stop a normal path push ups. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, push-ups. Yeah. Um, except if you're, if you're driving, please don't do push-ups. And just remember... I was 14. As I pull, pull this back into commonsensical stuff... Okay. Uh, don't say that word. It was it was approved for a number of things, including schizophrenia, bipolar We're talking disorder. about quetiapine. Correct. And major depression. And remember, there's lots of generics. It's and FDA approved for major depression. That's yes. interesting. Like Except it doesn't term. work. So yeah, interesting. But it's not it's not FDA approved tangent for insomnia. I have to say that because wow. we're it talking about not FDA approvals and everybody uses yeah. it for that and doesn't document it for that. Yeah. It's one of my pet peeves. Do you want to talk a little bit about mechanism of action, Heather? I know that's something that's, that's highly you interesting. You can't say to you. these words. <laughs> so, quetiapine antagonizes serotonin, dopamine, and adrenergic receptors. Say that ten times. Poor Katie has to read this handwriting and make slides out of this. Yeah, when this, don't you this feel will be badly? An Potent antihistamine with clinically insignificant anticholinergic effects. Interesting. Is this really important? It is just to understand what quetiapine and, you know, why do they use it to kind of put people asleep and, you know, what are, what are some of the other things? Remember, it's that serotonin, dopamine, you know, that's what runs the that. world. It runs the world. Serotonin, dopamine. It runs the world. Sure. Yeah. You know, that's why. No, who Russia's, runs the world? Girls. That's, that's the Beyonce song. Oh. I mean, if you were doing a study on a president of a large, huge country in Russia, hold it. It is Russia. You know, oh my God. dopamine and serotonin would matter. Okay, this is like a really bad <laughs> tangent that's not entertaining. Never mind. So let's move on. But look at who wrote this, arti- this article we're going to talk about. His name is Seely Kurt. <laughs> Doesn't that look like my name? Kurt. Kurt. 
uh, et al. And this was actually in 2011. Now, the, do you say et al or do you say et al? Et al. Thank et you. Al. Did I say Thank et al? Thank you. You yeah. say et al every time and you can't deny it because we don't edit and yeah. there's a million podcasts where you say et al. Oh it's my so God. This podcast is brought to you by Kurt et al. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new one. So, uh, so again, we're looking at these. I've never brought it up because I knew he would just argue with me, but we have the Charlie oh, yeah. Resnikoff here still, everybody. We didn't remind people I took that. Latin in, uh, in, in high school. Ooh. Two years. So it's all. Yeah, I think. I don't mm. know. Okay. So anyway, we're again talking about can these things be used, <laughs> for instance, and I look at these things as a twofer. If you're going to put somebody on an antipsychotic, what if it also would help their alcohol intake? So they did that study in 2011. On male rats. Yes. And I think, you know, if you're going to test stuff, test test guys. Um, But yeah, they were looking at the effects of, you know, really multiple antipsychotics on on really alcohol withdrawal syndrome. Can you you help their alcohol withdrawal with any of these? And then the incidence of seizure. Yeah. So that was pretty interesting. So So what did Silly Kiert... (laughs) I love that name. At all. So... (laughs) So basically, you know, and I think that in certain times where we've worked with different groups of people, if you have people in alcohol withdrawal and they're also having other issues, it looks like quetiapine actually helps some of the alcohol withdrawal symptoms. But I would say you should probably still make sure you give the thiamine so you don't actually have yeah. warning key course cough, which is causing the psychosis. Right. Like you don't want to yeah. like worsen what you think is psychosis. By not treating it, which is actually an on-label use of yeah. thiamine. And actually, in this study, though, it actually showed that it reduced the incidence of seizure, and it actually showed significant reduced. reduction yeah, of alcohol withdrawal yeah. symptoms. So That's because it sedated them for three days. If it works, it works, Heather. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's, that's interesting. interesting. I'd always thought about, you know, quetiaphene as second line or third line for alcohol withdrawal Um but it's inter- I didn't know it had been studied, so that's 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 cool. Now, but, also, I mean, alcoholism with schizophrenia, that's a huge issue that, you yeah. know, I don't think we talk about enough. It's a huge deal, mm. the prevalence of alcoholism and the damage of alcoholism to people with schizophrenia. Sure, for sure. So, it's not like nicotine where they're actually treating their schizophrenia by smoking. They're, yeah, but you know, there was another study, Heather. No way. Mm. And Charlie. Yeah. Uh, and this was Monelli et al., uh, in 2004, and actually they, they, they did a similar one, Martin, I love this guy's name, Martin Nidoti? No, Martinotti. Martinotti? Manelli and Martinotti. Sounds like... Or ice cream. I was going to say, yeah, ice cream. That makes sense. Uh, but yeah, in 2004 and 2008, and actually there were actually sev- several open label and retrospective studies that reported quetiapine reduced alcohol intake mm. in those alcohol-dependent patients. So it do, they do so drink less, correct? Open label. Open label, which yeah. is always an issue. Yeah. Was it because they were so sedated they just went to bed? Or were they drinking while they, you know, because usually people take Seroquel at night. And if they're typically take, I'm, I'm the devil's advocate in today's podcast. If they're taking, drinking alcohol more in the evenings when they're taking the Seroquel, now you have this you know, additive impact or whatever of the mm. two. So do they drink more just because they black out sooner? Or drink less because they black out sooner, I mean? Uh, I'm not following. Well, just... Do you, under, you yeah, understand I what, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. like if there's people who drink themselves to sleep, if if someone's going to drink themselves to sleep, like drink at night, uh, if they take the Seroquel, maybe they'll just 
go to sleep faster, <laughs> sooner, sooner, and then they're not Therefore, awake drinking. Drink. Uh, that's an interesting alternative. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's. We'll just go. With, I'm going to go with Manelli and Martinotti. I'm gonna. <laughs> I want to ask them. Was that you know? Uh, they yeah. always have the questions at the end of those journal articles. Well, it's anyway. funny. It's funny because there was another naysayer, and that would be Campman et al. in 2007, and man, they found no benefit to quetiapine and drinking. See. That person so agrees with me. You're in the campman pack in the pack. You know the campman camp. Camp. <laughs> campman. You're, I was you're camp pack. You're part camping. of. The I really camping. wish you started putting their first names when you write them down, so then I could be like, "Yep, that's a she." Just kidding. Oh yeah, I don't know if at all might be a she. <laughs> I suppose I should change that. But anyway. I think that was pretty interesting. Okay, um, so let's talk about Lytton. Yeah, and Lytton was actually m- much more recent, just ten years ago. He did a a little study or he or she, and it was actually a multi-site, uh, you know, random control trial. And this was pretty big, 224 patients, but they actually showed with quetiapine that alcohol dependent patients who reported very um, heavy drinking actually had less drinking days. So target of dose of 400 a day. Yep. That's a big dose. Big dose. Yeah. Big dose. Yeah. And then they, but they actually tapered. So they did that for weeks three to 11 and then they tapered them in their final week. Um, but it was interesting when they looked at that, uh, I, I'm sorry, I misquoted earlier. They, this was, they did not show a difference in quetiapine and placebo in terms of the heavy drinking or any other outcomes, but they, but they had a lot less depression and they improved their sleep. Yeah. So, so no change were, in drinking. So there were a couple, they were day drinkers. Yeah. Did they do this study in like July in Minnesota? <laughs> Yeah, but the reality is is that that you know there are studies that have shown improvement, and there are studies that have not shown improvement at all. Huh. So I think for the most part, it's so far it's been a, kind of a jump ball. Well, and I think that goes to what you started with with if you have another reason to use the medication. Right. So like this one, significantly reduced depressive symptoms. Well, maybe these two hundred and twenty four patients weren't drinking to help their depression. Maybe that wasn't yeah. kind of their connection. Now, if you had other people who drink because they're depressed maybe this would help their drinking is because you're treating the depression yeah i i generally dislike using quetiapine across the board for sleep or for anxiety i i don't i don't love that i just think there's all the metabolic side effects the Mm -hmm. weight gain and then it's just kind of a uh i mean i don't know if this is right but a sloppy drug it's like not a targeted drug yeah um but how many times do you see people come to your clinic and i just happened that this week and on two meds, and one of them was Seroquel for sleep. And I'm like, yeah, uh, you know what? But I do have these patients. And, you know, I can think of one right now who's bipolar. And he really got stable on a couple hundred milligrams of Seroquel. And he's now he's not drinking. That is, I, I'm thinking about him. He's not drinking. He's bipolar is stable. And he's just overall better. How exactly the but And Seroquel seemed to be the right. And I think that's that whole gene testing for some patients. I think that is why there needs to be so many different SSRIs and so many different antipsychotics. You know, we all have our favorite go-to, but we all are different, different metabolic metabolisms. It's interesting here that he brought up the bipolar thing because actually the the last study was actually done on bipolar. Bipolar patients. Yeah, 90 outpatients. And a double double blind placebo controlled, so it's actually like... And basically, and they had them on 600 milligrams Ooh, per dang. day for That's 12 weeks. Yeah. That means they slept. 
Yeah. The whole time. But the reality is there was no difference. Interesting. In, in reducing alcohol consumption in patients with bipolar disease. Okay. So, so but it's like every medicine that we use, right? I mean, some yeah. people get some improvement, but overall it's a wash. Yeah. With some so meds. promising results in the prelim studies. And then yeah. people started to ask the questions like I do and restudied and wah, wah, like, wah. like where's some, the button like some no not that one so somehow you're <laughs> responsible for there being no effectiveness because you guessed that i don't know no i'm just saying it i was only 14 when that original <laughs> just kidding i'll stop yeah well you just stop and we'll move to uh your friend and mine abilify which is a piprazole no aripiprazole aripiprazole i can never say that word now they're this, they design the words so you can't say them. This, oh. so, so they try to get you to say a bill. Before we read this, so I can look stupid in a minute. Now this is, hmm. if I had to pick an antipsychotic that I am okay starting with, if yeah. I start an antipsychotic, this is the one. Partial agonist, right? It's a, this is the one I go to. Partial dopamine, dopamine agonist, correct? Yeah. And used yeah. to treat what schizophrenia, bipolars, and it has much less metabolic yeah. effects. Now again for. Any kind of an alcohol thing, if you ever used it that way, it would clearly be off label. Yeah. But again, we're looking for that twofer. You got somebody with schizophrenia, needs, bipolar. Yep. And and will it affect their drinking? So um, is I'm I'm just this is I I guess I don't recall this. It's used for major depression and tick disorders. Is that off label? Then I believe that's off label, hmm. but I could be. You know that I couldn't. It wasn't in here. The major uh, depression thing. I don't know if it's off label or not, but I've seen a lot of aripiprazole augmenting. Well, it, that's SSRIs. on TV. That's yeah. the ad. Like, well, it's on TV. It's got to be. FDA. Well, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, that's true. No, but it's on TV. It it is often advertised as the adjunct to yeah. and different. I bet you it's FDA and the tick thing. Well, for Heather's benefit, not wood ticks. We're talking ticks. <laughs> no, but you tick think if it's a partial agonist at dopamine that would make sense for a reason to yeah. use it yeah. so maybe it isn't okay anyway yeah. total yeah and just remember you know that whole with the, a lot of these things the neuroleptic malignant syndrome tardive dyskinesia yeah. all those things although so, although what although our one of our new partners who is an addiction psychiatrist um for several of these newer antipsychotics we were speaking more of this one and um, olanzapine. I better use the generic. Mm-hmm. Kind of was like, no, don't use cogent. And like, we don't plan for that in those meds. You know, like if you start Risperdal, you start one of the first generation, right. you pretty much want to give them that. Cogentin is the name brand, but that's the only way I know it. But mm-hmm. it's these newer that's ones like Benztropine. Benztropine, yeah. 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 Wow, yeah. See, he's yeah. way oh, smarter than you. I'm actually here. like, I was. I fell asleep while you, you out. I just fell asleep while you were talking. No, Otherwise, but this is, thrown that right I out just want to p- point that out that just because there is this potential bad side effect doesn't mean you should just automatically throw a patient on another medication. Yeah. Mm. Well, there's only two studies to this. There's not been studied a ton, but it is very interesting. With of the aripiprazole for alcohol. Correct. Yeah. Yes. The first one's Nerogi, which <laughs> I love that name. At uh, at all, he almost said it again. I almost said it again. Uh, this was actually 2013, and they actually the purpose of this study was to really kind of define that role of of this medication in treatment of alcohol dependence in psychotic disorders. So, and uh, and so if you look at it, they actually started with three milligrams per kilograms in rats so, and one milligram per kilogram, right? And they offered them this four percent alcohol solution. They and and initially it did not really reduce at that level. 
alcohol intake, right? The, only by 13% and 28%, depending on what whether they got a milligram or three. But, but at when 10 you, milligrams But when you bump it up, <clears throat> they bumped it up to 10. Well, hey, this significantly reduced alcohol intake. I don't see adults getting less than five milligrams of aeropropozole anyways. I mean, I feel like... Uh, no, but these are, this rats. Per kilogram. these are rats. This is per kilogram. Per kilogram. Okay, so we're at big, but this is big doses, <laughs> not, not rats. Well, some of the rats can weigh like, I don't know, 25 pounds, but 10 milligrams per kilogram in a rat. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's, that's a, a big lot. dose that's for, a big dose. yeah, that's a big dose. That's probably top. You were part. having neuroleptic malignant syndrome if you were on 10 milligrams <laughs> yeah, kilogram. <laughs> and, yeah. But, you know, really Jeez. from this, they concluded that, you know, potentially this could treat patients with. With dual diagnosis, the alcohol and psychosis. So you know, the, the other thing I think about it is not so much, you never, I mean, I don't think we're ever going to give 10 milligrams per kilograms to a human of aripiprosol, but there might be like a mechanism in there yep. that someone could figure out and like isolate and there's a new therapeutic waiting mm-hmm. to happen. Which I'm sure if we called you know, Nora or, yeah. you know, Dr. Compton at NIDA, we can throw out funny names, but... Yeah. You know, they have those charts of all these things that it's are being studied that, you charts. know, they had sent. And some of them are actual meds that you're like, what, you're studying this for cocaine? And some of them have a lot of letters and numbers because it's like a total novel thing. But yep. I wonder. Yeah. Mm. So, but this was then checked in real life humans by Han at all. That's interesting, though, that it's it was published the same year as the first one. 2013. So if they were like doing parallel studies, if there they even knew. Yeah. But this is 35 subjects, and they had alcohol dependence and major depressive disorder. And it's interesting because they put them into two different groups, right? So you got the group that's getting the uh, aripiprazole, and they're also getting, oh, man. Escitalopram. Escitalopram. These words. That's for their depression. Correct. Or they just got the escitalopram alone. So this is that whole argument of the adjunct. Does it help with the depression? And now we're adding it. Not only does it help with depression, but does it help with alcohol? Yeah. So both groups, significant improvement in depression. Which I would... Saw that coming. Yeah. The escitalopram. But only the group with the aripiprazole had a decreased alcohol craving. Interesting. That's so, cool. Do you happen to know what dose they used? It did not say in this review that I recall. So Interesting. But that, yeah. yeah. There you go. I mean... So if they have less craving, you got somebody with those two comorbid issues. Give it a try. Give it a try. I wonder if then Off the label. next study has just one arm. So you have the escitalopram alone, escitalopram with aripiprazole. If you had just a third arm of just aripiprazole, yeah. what the difference between the aripiprazole group in both the major depressive symptoms and the alcohol cravings would be compared to with escitalopram with the Abilify or aripiprazole. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. Totally. I'm trying to think of why they didn't do that. Uh, but yeah. Can I, the funniest thing about reading these articles is like I remember like ugh, being so sick when I had to do this, and now I'm like when you're on aripiprazole. Er- no, when you had to like read <laughs> these journals and t- pick them apart like this. I yeah. Just hated By the it. way, for the listener, Kurt is taking notes on these journals like he is a second year medical student. This is <laughs> impressive work, Kurt. Well, I, although he can't answer what dose they're on. I just, oh. yeah. But I mean, I feel like I'd give you at least a B <laughs> on your term paper here. These, this is solid work here. He has to make them so pretty. So Katie, Katie has to try to decipher. Yeah. When this. we turn this into an echo and put it on slides, I have to make it so she can read it. 
That must take a lot of mental discipline. Yeah. Well, I'm for all Katie, about discipline. For Katie, this <laughs> woman who is amazing and actually sent us this other article here on eye color and alcohol, speaking of alcohol, she sent that to us. Interesting. Katie has no medical background. Anyway. Anyway. So. That's all I got I think for that. We should, we should be done with that one considering and we can do the antidepressants next week. All right. Cool. Okay. There you go. Take it, Casey, take it over. I've been a wild rover for many the year And I spent all my money on whiskey and beer But now I'm returning with gold in great store And I never will play the wild rover no more And it's no, nay, never No, nay, never, no more Such a custom as yours I could have any day